How are you? Doing well. How are you? Doing good. <laughs> Gosh, good. I'm, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, it's so nice to talk to you. So, you did you have children before 40? I had five before 40 five. and one at 40. And, and yeah, I got pregnant when I was 40. I had her at 41. Okay. My children range in age from 25 to 5. Oh, wow. My first, I was 20. My second one, I was 26. My third one, I was 28. Um, then I was 30. And then I was 36. And then I was 40. The 36 one, was that a planned one? Was that difficult for you? Or? I, uh, of my six that I'm speaking of, one was planned. <laughs> so that was just yeah. a happy surprise and then the one at 40 was just a happy surprise that you guys were yeah that was that was more of like a, a complete shock okay and did that one did that last pregnancy turn out okay what happened with the 40 um with my 41 everything was fine I went to see my regular OB and he always joked he said if I even was in the same room as my husband I would probably get pregnant through <laughs> osmosis uh, um, <laughs> because it, they just kept happening you know no, that's so and, funny so he actually said, I'm no longer doing OB anymore. Let me get you a number, you know, of somebody that you could go to. Okay. And then he put his arm around me and said, you realize that you're, you know, you're 40. He's like, you've had five healthy pregnancies. Be prepared. Something will probably go wrong. Oh, my gosh. And I was just like, what? And it just like planted this seed in my head that just immediately had me panic. Because I'm like, you know, he's right. I have Gosh, healthy no. pregnancies with no miscarriages, no issues. Everything was always textbook, textbook, textbook. Ugh. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I made an appointment with this new OB. They had me coming in at seven weeks, four days. Yeah. Right at seven weeks, I started bleeding. Mm. I've never had bleeding with any of my kids. I've never oh. had morning sickness. I've never had anything. Um, so I started panicking. And right then and there, I just knew in my gut something was wrong. Oh. And I remember saying to myself, like, when I got pregnant with my son at 20, um, his father, he didn't want him. And I remember him leaving money on the counter and saying, take care of this. I'll be back. Oh. And I remember thinking to myself, is this like, I've wanted children since I'm three. But my mother said, all I've ever said is I wanted to be a mom. Oh. I knew it probably before I could talk. All I could think is, yeah, I'm 20. You know, I'm in college. I was terrified. Like, I was a straight-A student, valedictorian of college, high school, whatever. How do you tell your parents you're pregnant? I was a junior in college, just going into my senior year. I, I was in the same position as you, and I wasn't all those things. I can't imagine <laughs> if like, you were actually... I tell them? But I just remember him making these appointments, and I would not go, and they may uh. make another one, and I wouldn't go. And I remember looking at him and saying, what if this is my only chance to ever have a child? And I give it up. I'm like, it might not be the right time, but this might be my time. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want 10 years from now to look at a family picture and there's two beautiful children and me and whoever I'm married to at the time and the missing spot. Yeah. I'm like, I can't live like that. Yeah. So I actually had the baby anyway. It destroyed us. Um, at six weeks old, I left him. I was like, that's it. I'm not living like this. You know, yeah. so now here I am bleeding and all I can think to myself is, you know what? I, I didn't give up that baby. I, I 
went through it. I muddled through. I made it work. I was a single mom. I still graduated Good college with a 4-0 half a year early. I got a job three months after I left college. Like, Good I put it together. Yeah, you did. And here I am now. You're going to take it away when I'm in a great place. Oh. You know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. My husband and I have a great marriage. We have a very loving family. And now it's going to be taken away. And I just had this like epiphany. And I'm like, there's something wrong with this baby. Mm. And I remember saying, I'm like, you know what? I promise if I get to keep this baby, I will take the best possible care of this child. Mm. I woke up in the morning, no bleeding. Like I never even had like spotting afterward. It was like gone totally. Mm. So at uh, 12 weeks, we had the, the you know, the NIPT scan. Yeah took till 18 weeks oh to come back. I've never you... had one take that long. Oh my God, I was a nervous wreck. That's Without something. 18 weeks, we haven't told anybody. I just, in my heart, know there's something wrong. I didn't tell my husband, but I just knew everything came back fine. Oh. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's good. We tell everybody. Yeah. My mother, who is just not very supportive, yeah. um, her words were, well, I hope this one doesn't die on you. Oh, yeah, wow. Like, talk about oh. welcome, you know? Um, I don't even so know I'm how like, to feel about that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just like, with, I started with my third. When I got pregnant with my third, she's like, well, I hope you're going to be done after this one. Oh. Then when I had my fourth, it was, That's hard. Um, it was, oh, you like to play Russian roulette? You're waiting for a problem? When I got pregnant with my fifth one, it was, I hope you're going to permanently take care of this. Oh. And then with the sixth one, it was, well, good luck. It's going to pass away. <laughs> so at, eight, at 20 weeks, we went for our normal... 20-week ultrasound, they scanned me, and she wasn't talking much. So when I left, they said to my husband, something's wrong. He's like, no, it's not. She just wasn't super friendly. I'm like, no. Like, you just know. Yeah. The next day, I get a phone call from my OB saying, you have an appointment with um, a different maternal fetal medicine doctor. Today at 4, you better be there. There's something wrong with the baby's heart, and it's dire. Oh. So I'm like, oh my, in the meantime now, I'm babysitting my nephew and I have my friend's two kids over. I'm not calling my mom. (laughs) This was the 40 pregnancy, right? This is the 40. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, no, tell her mom. Whatever, we go up. Well, it wasn't a problem with the heart ventricle. It was actually a problem with the brain ventricle. So it wasn't a heart issue. I guess the doctor heard ventricle and got whatever. So she had some extra fluid on the brain. She had an enlarged kidney. They sent us for... Uh, MRIs, they told us that she most likely had a syndrome of sorts, mm. um, but we needed to do an um, amnio. So I looked at the doctor and I'm like, tell me two things. I'm like, tell me, is she or he, I mean, we didn't know at the time, yeah. um, is the baby going to pass away at any point before I can bring it home? He said, no, it, it will be healthy. Okay. And I said, will this baby be able to feel love from us and he's like yes I said then everything's off the table and we're just moving forward like it's just what it is you're so sweet I mean honestly um, yeah that's that's a beautiful way to accept it I don't I I wouldn't I wouldn't feel that exact way that you just described so you know what though I have to tell you I never thought I would well when you're sitting there and they're telling you all these horrible horrible things and they're scaring you with numbers and this and that whatever I just had to take a step back and say look just be frank with me. No, that's like, an amazing... I really thought she was going to pass. Yeah. And it, it's amnio, and it's, you have two weeks to decide, and by law, we have to this, that, whatever. And, and I remember getting the paperwork in bold print that said, um, mom refuses termination. And 
And when I and when I said to him, well, like, how dire is this? He's like, she has syndrome. I was like, well, but health wise, she's okay. I was like, no, like, we're not even playing around here. But don't forget, too, I also had a lot of weeks to prepare because I knew seven weeks something was wrong. You got to a place of, okay, you know, yeah, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to deal with that later. Let's move on. You know, that's a hard, that takes a while for women to get to. So good for you for being like, I'm skipping all this bullshit. I'm okay with this. Let's do it. (laughs) (sighs) At this point, I just wanted to hold this baby so bad. And and I, I stayed disconnected for 18 weeks because... I was so afraid of what was going to happen and what was going to come back. Yeah. And I had two weeks of, like, pure bliss. And I was like, you know what? You're not taking that away from me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm done. You're like, I have suffered for 18 weeks being afraid. Yeah. I'm over the fear, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I never even looked at my husband. I don't even know what he would have chose. And which is very funny because I'm a very indecisive person, <laughs> like extremely indecisive. And it was like something just hit me, and I knew at that point that was it. Like, this is just where we were going, and this is where it was going to be. We, I mean, we did your regular ultrasounds and stuff, but we had no testing until after she was born. Mm. And then when she was born, she was tested. She has um, a very small micro deletion on uh, chromosome 3. She has 45 genes that are completely lost from her system. Um, She's the only person they can find in the world right now with it. Interesting. Yeah. They, I um, mean, interesting, they you know. They tested my husband, myself. We're not carriers. Our children will not pass it on to their children. It was just a de novo deletion. Oh. The uh, geneticist said it just happened during conception in the first few minutes. Wow. A piece broke off, reattached, and then every code after it was made the same way. Oh, my God. So it turns out, I I looked into it a little more, turns out it's more than likely when you have micro deletions, they're from sperm fragmentation. I've never said anything to my husband. He thinks it's me because I was old. I feel she was meant to be the way she was, and I wouldn't want to change her. And my husband lives with a lot of guilt about her being the way she is, and I don't want him to feel responsible. In reality, she is who she was meant to be. It's nobody's fault. It's exactly what was supposed to happen. That's another thing that can happen, you know, at any time to anybody. And and the best part was we asked the geneticist if it was my age and his age. You know, I was 40. He was 45. um, And he said, no. He said, you had just as much of a chance of this happening when you were 20 as you did now. Um, He said, it's not, this is not age related. So I'm sure anyone who's going to be listening to this and me too want to know how she's affected by that. I said, if we drew the genetic lottery and if you had to have an issue, we pulled the best one because she's healthy. Oh, so there yeah, are, great. She, she was born with a little bit of like some heart stuff that they said was typical of preemies, but she outgrew it on her own. Um, her brain, like, it, it's weird. It was a part of the brain that's supposed to narrow and hers never narrowed, but it did later on. So what we're noticing is everything that happened with her happened at a very delayed stage Mm. so like if at this stage in utero this was supposed to happen hers would happen two months later Mm. you know like even her teeth all her teeth came in normal and whatever but very delayed um she wasn't able to actually stomach food until two but Mm. eventually she eats everything now like everything Mm. is just very slowed pace and but the one gene that's missing is the gene that's linked to growth okay so, I mean, right now she doesn't um, 
walk unassisted. She does need, like, she can cruise and she can help if we walk with her. She's five, but she's mobile. Um, she doesn't say much. You know, she has limited um, verbal communication, but she communicates perfectly using signs, gestures, peck boards. Like, she is literally one of the happiest kids you'll ever meet. That she is loves great. people. She's so super sweet. social. So you have her, and she's a five-year-old then? She's five. She's yes. five. Okay. Well, but that sounds like um, a lot to have gone through leading up to this point. So, I mean, that's an incredible... Uh, she sounds beautiful, and I know you're beautiful, too. So I, I can imagine <laughs> well, you know that the what? house this is... This is what I always said to my doctor. I want people... Like, when you get this... Like, if, if you saw what they, they how they describe her on paper, it's scary. Mm. And any parent that would be given that would be afraid. Oh. You know, they're telling your child's going to be global delayed. They're not going to talk. They're not going to walk. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like you think worst case scenario. Yeah. I would love to show her off to these people oh. that just get that horrible diagnosis and say, but look, yeah. like she's not doing things the way you would, but she's doing them. Yeah. Like they made it sound like she would do nothing. Oh. She plays. She smiles. You said she's nonverbal, but does she make noises? And She tries to talk. She does have words. Like, my son is Theo. She calls him O. Oh, that's um, Yeah, so, I mean, she can Good tell you what she wants. She can express her needs, her desires. She'll tell you when she's mad at you. Yeah. You know, it, it just, you, a lot of times you have to read cues mixed with verbal sounds or mixed with sign language. Yeah. But she communicates, just not, you yeah. know, 100% verbal. Like a five-year-old would. Yeah. Right, right. That's you know, sweet. she's kind of caught, I'd say, in a one-and-a-half, two-year-old stage at the moment. Okay. Um, but she gets there if you're yeah. just patient. We call it sloth time. Oh. But like I said, you know, like, I just, I want parents to know that might be in the same situation, that get these dire things on paper that make the doctors paint the worst-case scenario. I thought my child was going to die based mm. on what they were telling me. And then when I blunt asked, it was, oh, no, she'll have a syndrome. Okay. But, but the, that wasn't the picture they were painting. No. So I feel like, you know, sometimes they really over scare you. Yes, you know? they and do. They, and I remember um, that doctor called me when she was a week old. And he was like very like, I told my son, I don't like him. He's not even treating this like she's a human. Oh. He has no per he has no attachment to this. And, and whatever, he called me up at home a week after she was born and said, you know what? I just had to find out what happened. So I explained to him everything that was going on and whatever. And he goes, please promise me one thing. He's like, you won't let her medical things or whatever's going on right now interfere with your, your ability to love her. He goes, you deserve to be happy with this child. And I just don't want anything to come between that. I was like, what? Is this the same doctor? He should have added that as a footnote to the last thing he said. <laughs> But I said to my husband, you know, like, she, right then and there, she had, she already started with her purpose in life. And her purpose was to, to change people's thoughts about these things. Yeah, Maybe next time when he excellent. has another parent in there, he'll be more sensitive. No kidding. That was absolutely a horrible thing to say to you. And my gosh. My husband was done with kids. He was like, after her, he, he really harbors a lot of guilt. And I'm like, but she's a wonderful life. She yeah. has five siblings who adore her, <laughs> will put anything ahead of themselves for her. Yeah. You know, she has family that cheers her on. She has friends that, that my one friend was crying when she learned to crawl. Like, people are invested in her. Oh. And I'm like, you don't have to feel bad for her. She yeah. just does things does, differently. I wonder if anything, like, and I don't know if therapy, you know, or maybe talk to other dads, you know. 
kids? I just wonder if any sort of... He, he kind of, I think, tries to keep himself, like, detached yeah. in a way. So that, um, scratch what I just said. That's probably never... <laughs> but, you know, it might help. I think as time goes on, he's starting to pee. I'm like, you know... You know, everybody that's here has a purpose, has a reason, has, and we don't know exactly what it is right now. Yeah. I'm like, but she's slowly showing you, like, and he's starting to, like, you know, I think as other people start seeing things in her, he starts seeing it too. Yeah. You know, I just think he just bears so much guilt, which is why I just kind of let him think it was me and me being old. Yeah. Because um, if he knew it was from him, I don't think he'd be too, uh, but, but she's fine, and, and this was my reason for actually wanting another one. He said, no, absolutely not. Like, after all her issues, she wound up in the NICU four days after birth, mm. um, you know, for a week. And, and he's like, that's it, we're done, we're done, we're done. And I kept, I guess, I felt done for a while because I felt very overwhelmed. I wound up getting postpartum anxiety, which I never had uh, from the trauma. Yes, yeah. I was the one holding her when she stopped breathing. Like, <sighs> it, it was a little bit of a rough year I'd say. yeah no that's a very good oh, reason <laughs> that one just that one just rattled me I can't I even imagine honest. I can't even imagine so you know but, but we've gotten over it and then I you know I started telling my husband around I guess when she was around two I said I really want another one there's a five-year age gap between her and her youngest sibling she loves the children the children are wonderful oh, for her she's okay. wonderful for them the bond that they all have is just beautiful to sit back and watch yeah. i'm like i don't i said you know we're, we're older there's going to come the time that we're not here and, and we have trust set up and everything to take care of her financially yeah. i said but who's going to be there for her emotionally this who's going to be there on her birthday for her i mean her her closest sibling is five years apart and then the next one is 10 years okay yeah I mean that is so, that is something to think about and I you know I think about that as well just with siblings in general like so we're very close we're always there for each other I'm like yes you know you can have a nurse come take care of you you can have a nurse feed you you can have them but on your birthday who's going to be there singing with you yeah. who's going to bring you your favorite dessert you know who's going to be there to hold your hand if you're scared yeah. And these were the things that were going through my head. And he's like, oh, you're ridiculous. You're this, you're that, whatever. Then COVID hit. And what was the one thing they were focusing on? These people are dying alone. They have nobody by their side. How awful is that? Yeah. And I looked at him. I'm like, we're going to do that to our own child. <laughs> like, how do you not be upset by that? That's going to be our child one day. And we're doing it. So finally, I broke him down. He said, okay. You know, we'll start trying. I went to my regular OB. She looked at me. She's like, with your history, she's like, and I'm like, look, I'm a little older now. You know, I was 43 at the time. Okay. 43. She's like, I think it will take you a while. She's like, so don't get frustrated. She's like, but I think you can do this. She's like, just do some ovulation sticks. Make sure you're hitting your right targets. And, you know, if we don't, if nothing happens in like eight months or so, come back to me. And you were 43. I was 43. So I started tracking everything, taking all the ovulation tests, doing this, doing that, you know, all the supplements. Um, and I have very regular cycles, nothing abnormal, nothing, nothing was happening. So yeah. finally I called her. We started December of 2019. Okay. I called her in July of 2020. Okay. And so I said, look, nothing's happening, whatever. She goes, okay, I think you need to see an RE just to rule out whatever's going on. We made our appointment with the RE, and, of course, they're pushing donor egg. They're pushing donor, 
this, yeah. you know, that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I just kind of want to try my own a little bit. And the doctor did say to me, she said, um, I believe if anybody can do it, it would be you, just mm. given your history. Mm-hmm. She's like, however, she's like, you have to realize it could happen, but it's not likely. Yeah. That's honest advice. I mean, that is very honest advice. Yeah. It could you know, happen. And she said if it was going to happen to anybody, she put, she's like, I'd bank my money on you. But at this age, you have to realize that the odds, she's like, is yeah. very low. Yeah, and that's... That's an honest statement. So she said, you know, we're going to we're gonna do your blood work. We're going to check everything out. We're going to, you know, whatever. So I went in. The FSH was at 16, which okay. she said was definitely higher than what they'd like, but it wasn't yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah, that were, no, no. Um, my AMH actually was 1.11, which she was shocked. That's really good. She said, given your age, she's like, I'm actually shocked. And I had, at my first antral follicle count, it was low, but they counted 14, which she said, again, for my age, was pretty good. No, that's excellent. That's what I had when I did IVF at 40, and I thought that was excellent. So for you at 43. So she said, okay, you know, we're going to set you up. Um, I'm very lucky. We live in New Jersey, and they require by law, if you're a company of a certain size, you have to have fertility coverage. Wow. Yes, it's required. So my husband is a teacher. Um, we have state insurance. They will cover four IVF cycles for you. Oh man, that's like that's like winning the lottery. <laughs> I, I mean, there's drool probably coming out of <laughs> um, you know um, medications. You won't even believe what I paid. I, I would get five boxes of Folistum for twenty dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our, our copays were twenty or ten, depending on the medicine. So at any given point, any of my medications were around a hundred dollars for a cycle. Wow. Um, an IUI with medication cost me like $150 and that's yeah, all, that's, I mean, it's so, it amazing. Was, I looked at my husband, I'm like, we're not going to bring the bank trying. We need no. to go all in. She said, start with IVF. We're like, okay, we'll start with IVF. Just no. for my cycles that I did where I just bought medicine and I, and I didn't have to pay for monitoring anything. It was a thousand a month, every month, just for medicine, not IVF or anything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was actually, the IVF was going to, would be pretty much just a few co-pays here and there. They estimated it would cost us in co-pays. It was actually cheaper to do IVF than IUI. Wow. So an IVF would be nothing, but they um, they require, they yeah. won't do fresh transfers. So I would have to pay $1,000 for the freezing, which insurance doesn't cover. Um, okay. And then they wanted to do the testing which, again, was not covered by insurance. Um, we said, fine, we'll move forward. We'll do a cycle. We'll see what happens. And then um, insurance said no. Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't do enough prior to show that I need IVF. Okay. Now, in the meantime, while we're waiting for this IVF cycle to start, I got pregnant on my own. So we saw the RE. They ran all the tests. They did everything. We're sitting here waiting. And I had to call them up. I'm like, I still haven't got my period yet. She's like, well, why did you take a test? I'm like, it hasn't worked in how many months? You really think it worked? I'm like, it's probably distress. No, I was pregnant. Um, Which is funny because I I really believe I have never, if you notice, there's a lot of gaps in my children's age. Um, It's because I cannot get pregnant while I nurse. It, my body just doesn't do it. Okay. So every one of my children was conceived the month after I stopped nursing. <laughs> every one. Now, every child, too, at exactly four months postpartum, I get my period back. 
it has not changed with any of my kids. Um, just my third daughter. She, I actually got pregnant while I was nursing, but the only one. Okay. Um, every other one, I just can't. Well, wouldn't you know, I stopped pumping. I was pumping for my daughter because she has uh, oral issues and couldn't latch. Okay. I stopped pumping for her in October. I got pregnant in December. Wow. So you definitely, you do not ovulate when you um, breastfeed. But but I, but when I take oh, off wait. the test, I surge. It shows I ovulate. But I and you, and you have I, your period? I get a period you at, do. at exactly four months postpartum. So yeah, I was reading breastfeeding does something else too besides help stop ovulation. It also does something else. It has, my doctor didn't believe me because when I was telling her when the RE, when we met in the summer, I said, do you think I should stop pumping for my daughter? Because whenever I stop breastfeeding, I get pregnant. She's like, no, it won't do that. Because uh, once whatever. your ovulation comes back, you can get pregnant. And I was clearly ovulating. My luteinizing hormone was shooting. Yeah. I was showing every, my progesterone was showing I ovulated. Like there was nothing to show I wasn't, but I just, you know, so she said, no, I don't think it's going to matter. Keep, you know, pumping for your daughter. I said, okay. Well, you know, I just stopped pumping in October and December. That was when we got pregnant with this, on our own. And this was December 2020 or 2021? This was December 2020. Okay. I was like, okay, this is perfect. Yeah. So, you know, we're followed by the RE. I go to the first appointment. It was measuring a few days behind, but she said, don't worry. We don't exactly know when it happened because it happened on your own. Yeah. So we have a window to worry about. I knew something was off though. I just Did you use anything special recently no. in your Okay, nothing. It was just No, it was like our normal supplements, our normal okay. like the same thing, nothing had changed. You know, we were No L L L T light or anything like that. I hadn't bought it at that point yet. Okay. Um, gotcha. Just happened. So I was like, oh okay, it was the Wonderful. nursing that was holding us off, you yeah. know? But we wound up going in, and at seven weeks, four days, she, it still it hadn't budged from the way it had the week oh, before. Yeah. So she said, "Okay, at this point, there's no heartbeat. The fetal pulse is the same size. We mm. have to assume yeah. that you know it just passed." Yeah. So um, she's like, "Okay, let's schedule, you know, a, a DNA for you." Um, she so this was like a Sunday, so it was mm. scheduled for either Thursday or Friday. And I kind of wasn't, I, I wanted to happen naturally just because yeah. I, I had a lot of guilt about like, I knew it wasn't alive anymore, but I didn't want to be the one that decided when it needed to go. Yeah. But I wanted the testing. I wanted to know why it happened. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to be able to test. So I said, okay, we scheduled it. I wound up um, the day before my, my, and he was scheduled, I wound up miscarrying on my own. Mm. Um, but they had told me if I collected everything that they would test it. So nobody knows anything except my husband. Um, and it was actually spot on to all my labors. I felt contractions. They weren't painful. And it, it after three hours, it was all done. Mm. I'm sorry about um, that. I just, and I, I, I was meticulous about collecting everything. Mm. I was a hot mess. I remember oh, my husband God. starting a fight with me, saying, if you're going to be this upset about it, we're just not going to do anything anymore. So That's I just a... kicked him out and dealt with it on my own. <laughs> mm. That seems to be sort of a, tip, a somewhat typical response from a lot of testosterone, but... Yeah. I mean, I... So the yeah, sorry about that. The next morning, I drove it up, um, you know, to the... Oh, my gosh. To the RE. That's awful. Um, 
they took it for testing. They checked me out. They said everything had passed. I was fine. I could proceed on, whatever. Um, I wound up after the miscarriage. It was February 3rd. February, like, 19th had another period, and we were able to start right over again. They actually said to me, there's no way you would have lost your HCG at that point. I said, I did. I know this is a normal period, but you have to trust me. They're like, no, 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 just wait for another one. I'm like, I'm not waiting for any more cycles. They brought me in for a test. They're like, nope, your HCG is zero. Like, you're good. Yeah, well, that's kind of the rule of thumb. Like, under five, right, you can start again. So they just tested you. I think within two weeks, I guess everything would pass and you'd restart again. that's true. So they kind of fought me on it. But um, so then now we had to do three IUI cycles in order for my insurance then to cover IVF. Yeah, so you were starting those. So now we started with Clomid. Um, The first two cycles, we did Clomid. The third cycle, she let me try a little bit of Folistim. I think it was small. It was like 75 or something. Every time I would just get one follicle, one Mm. follicle, one follicle. So then I start fighting with them because I remember you talking about estrogen priming. Mm. And I'm like, I'm old here, people. Like, (laughs) I need the estrogen priming. So she agreed to that. Then we, you know, um, so now our three cycles were up and we were getting ready to do an IVF cycle. So I said, perfect. You know, we had everything ready to go. We paid our deposit, you know, whatever. And I went in for day three. And I I had the lowest antral follicle count I've ever had. And I already had one that was, like, way ahead of everybody else. And I was like, no, I canceled them on my own. I said, I'm not doing it. I'm like, I'm not wasting my time. Like, it's day three, and I already have one that's, like, an 11. Mm. Did you prime with that cycle? That cycle I did not prime yet. Um, so I was like, this isn't even, like, you know. So we waited. Um, then, then while I was talking to her, she's like, you know what? I just had a a thought. She's like, you know, I can feel you're not very comfortable testing because I wasn't, they won't transfer mosaics. And that bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. It bothers me too. Bothered me a lot. And I was like, you know what? I also had a very big issue with testing. Just given my history with my daughter. Yeah. Your daughter. I I mean, come on people. I just felt like, and I said to her, I feel like I'm almost saying that having another child like her isn't worth it. Yeah. They needed to to be a little bit sensitive in that conversation so I was just like you know I, I, I've got to pull back I can't do testing it's not right for me yeah good she's for like, you. you know what I understand I mean she has been phenomenal for the whole thing sensitive listening she like she was great really she's like wonderful. I understand she goes it's not right for you and she's like because it's not right for you it's not right to proceed that way and that's she sounds like a really great doctor you were really lucky to have her oh she was phenomenal yes. she like for everything even with the DNA, I was like, look, I'm not comfortable. She's oh. like, we will sc- I will come up and scan you right before the procedure just to make sure we don't hear anything. Oh. Like, she was so sensitive. That is so wonderful. She was great. She really was. Yeah. Um, and, and then she said to me, she's like, I'm going to be realistic with you. She's like, if we're not going to do testing, she's like, your odds are just as good with an IUI. With as many follicles as we can get you. Yes, thank you. This is where at 41, you know, you could have been at. And that's, and she said to me, she's like, you know what? Like, right now, she's like, our, we're holding out hope to find that one good egg. Yeah. She's like, so what if we throw out seven or eight in a cycle? Yes. She's like, you have a good odd of getting one. And so that's, she said, you know what? IVS off. We're just going to keep pumping you. So then she started me on... Um, 
Folistum with uh, HCG. She's like, I hear that's great for people, whatever. We did an estrogen priming cycle. Um, and I think I showed up with only three. <laughs> I was, okay. like, devastated. I was like, no. And she's like, don't don't worry. Your body, so, every month it resets. From about age 40, 40, 41 to 43, your follicle count went down then quite a bit. Yes. Yeah, yes, it, it seems has, like, yeah. It gone down. Um, so I never really got, even with, um, after the HCG, funny thing, my insurance wouldn't cover HCG, mm-hmm. but it covered Menipure at $10. But she put me on that. We, we did combo cycles. I would do two vials of the Menipure and then 25 Follistum. Would that, was that 150? Okay. 150. That's quite and a bit. 225 Follistum. 225 and 150. So. Yes. Um, and I was still getting just two or three or whatever. We were doing IUIs. Then we said, she's like, there's nothing wrong with your husband. His counts are fine. Everything's good, whatever. She's like, how about, because it was getting so much. I mean, my kids had no clue what we're, they don't know we're doing this. I'm sneaking out of the house 530 every morning to go drive and get my, my labs, this, that, whatever. It it was getting to be a little much. So she's like, we'll just switch to timed intercourse. She's like, there's no reason it's not going to. If it's not going to work, that's not why. Yeah, you know, she's good. like, it's an A quality, it's whatever. So we switched over to those. Um, now it's still not working. You know, now like we're we're at the RE now. I think I was at like 11 cycles now, and we've gotten nowhere. I'm yeah. getting two to three follicles a month on all this medication. I'm like, I just got, I had it. So I started researching. Donor egg was just out of our league. It was like $30,000 just for the eggs. For the donor eggs, um, okay. Yeah. Just one, was, or how does that work exactly? Like 30000 does your insurance cover it? No, my insurance won't. It was $28,000 for one just to retrieve eggs. To I, retrieve I eggs. Okay. Maybe like six, I'm thinking, or four. Yeah. Does that sound? I, I mean, they, didn't, they never gave me a number because okay. once they gave me a price, I was like, cut And those are just them. eggs? Just for eggs. Man, so I started okay. looking further, and I found... Um, a few clinics in our state that did donor donor embryo yeah, and they were embryo. donated by people in their, you know, in-house that, you know, just completed their families and were done. Oh and the price was like nothing. Um, so I contacted, you know, my fertility clinic. They had a two and a half year wait. And when was so this? Was, this was going back this summer. So the summer of... Uh, 2021. Um, they said it was a two and a half year wait. I don't have two and a half years because my insurance at 46 cuts fertility benefits. At 46. At 46. So now I'm going to have to pay for the IVF cycle and, you know, whatever other costs are accrued. Yeah. And my husband, you know, he, he capped it. He yeah. said, I am willing to do this for you, but only if. He's like, we cannot take this much money away from all our other children. So we, yeah, which, you know what? I respect him for at least trying everything he tried. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, he, he did try. And I'm, and he said, he goes, I'm not willing to take this money away from our daughter and our other children who are, you know, going to college or, you know, need whatever. Darn those sensible husbands. So, I mean, he made a good point. Um, yeah. So I kept looking and looking and looking. I found a clinic from us that was an hour and 20 minutes away, uh, just outside of Philly, that did a donor embryo for $3,000. Wow. 
Um, Do you get to know anything about the embryo, like the parents or anything, or is it totally just blind? Like, no. And this this was the nice thing we got to see profiles. Oh wow! Um, It it gave no information, like identifying information, but it would give you basic, like um, height and weight. Um, maybe general coloring of eyes, hair. Okay. Um, it would tell you any medical history, but it would tell if they had prior children, um, any health issues on either side of the family. That's good. Um, and, and they had a multiple to pick from. So she's like, look, before you decide anything, we'll let you, you know, screen the donors. Um, Gosh, that's cheaper than. Yeah, I mean, it was I mean, and then you had to pay, obviously, your okay. own medicine okay. and uh, the transfer. Okay. But for us, they checked, my insurance would cover the transfer cost as one of my IVF attempts. Wow. So we just had to pay out of pocket the $3,000 and the medicine. Um, so I said, you know, it, it's worth it. Like, let's let's just try it out. We found a donor. We started with them. They had a very strict... Um, requirements of what you had to do beforehand. Uh, I had to have another saline sonogram. I actually had to have a, a biopsy oh. um, of my, you know, the uterus. Interesting. Um, yeah, they required a mock transfer. They're getting any possible reasons for it to fail that they could, you know, yeah. reasonably come up with out of the way. That's actually pretty yeah, smart. Um, we had to do a bunch of, of blood work, all types of, um, all the STDs, but also a bunch of titers hmm. uh, to make sure, I guess, that you, you weren't carrying, um, like, rubella they checked, they checked chicken pox, they checked... Um, so as far as the health health aspect, I mean, you were screened, too. I was screened, yep, completely. My yeah. husband had to be screened for all those, That's... but not the titers, per se, but he had to be screened That's for important. all the STDs. That's important for people who are giving their embryos away to people, yeah. I think. I mean, they were very thorough. With, right. I mean, I was annoyed at the time. Cause yeah, of course you were. I want to get this done. No kidding. I, I would hate it, to, too. They had to do cholesterol labs and all kinds wow. of stuff on me. Uh, basically, if I could pass all these tests, I guess we were okay. Wow. Um, and then they made you see a psychologist that would that would explain what it means to have a baby with somebody else's genetics. And, like, you had to go through that also. Mm. Um so everything, I guess, got started, I'd say, say, around September. And then in December, they started me on their protocol, which was like seven weeks. I had to take birth control pills. I had to take Lupron. Then they would stop the birth control pill, and they cut down on the Lupron, and then you would get a period, and then they started with the estrogen, progesterone, um, and all that. Um, and they gave me a transfer date of January 26th. Wow. So, I mean, this is like September to January. Here you go. That's quick. Um, they, it was fast. They told me that the mother, they, they wouldn't tell me her exact age, but they said she was under 35 and the embryos were healthy, so they would only transfer one. Wow. I kind of wanted more than one just because well, yeah. I'm going in for this, yeah. you know, like, come on, but they wouldn't budge. How do they know they so, were healthy? Do they actually, do they test, are they tested embryos? I, they were not tested embryos, so I don't know, maybe just the looks of them, but I don't know. Because okay. this is where it gets even crazier. I go January 26th for my transfer. I get in there. Now, my husband can't be with me because he has to watch my younger kids. So he's in the car. We're an hour and 20 minutes from home. He's watching Mandalorian, and they spring on me that the, the um, embryo they thawed 
had damage. Oh. Um, it had damage to the, I think it's the trophectoderm or but basically After, the glass layer. Afterthaw? Afterthaw. Okay. So they said that it was not going to make it. Uh, but they had and this was a younger woman's embryo, by the way. If anyone's listening to this, see it now. I just read something. I have to say this on Facebook recently, where a woman was like, "They don't embryos don't die when they thaw. Not if you're, you know, under forty, or even if you're blah blah blah." blah. And it, it was really frustrating because they do, in fact, um, not make thaw. Sometimes they really do. Yes. Yeah, and, and they had no like. I guess because at one point when I was on the you know the phone with the RE and she was saying she's I guess she was pulling up records and looking and she said oh you know she's got healthy embryos available everything looks great that's why we'll only transfer one yeah so I don't think that damage showed up until after thaw so the embryologist said to me it's up to me do you want one or do you want both wow so now I'm sitting here oh alone. my gosh you have like one <laughs> minute to decide Mandalorian I'm like what do I do. Can't um, say two. So I just went with my gut. I said, put them both. Um, <laughs> Did you tell I, your I, husband? I, <laughs> I, <laughs> we make little jokes every once in a while, and you can't hear any of them. No, you were breaking in and out. I said, did you ever tell your husband that you put two in? <laughs> oh, oh! when I got back to the car, I was like, I got something to tell you. Um, <laughs> he Surprise. was not expecting that at all. Like, oh. at all, because we were told only one. Why are you even going to talk about it? Like, they were not budging on it. I had asked, could wow. I please get two? And it was like, no, you're getting one. Mm. So I'm like, well, beggars can't be choosers. So, no. you know, I said, put them both in. You know, like, yay, okay. Just, so, uh, and, and the, the, I remember the genetist or the um, embryologist's exact words were, it gives you no increase of having twins. So I guess it was pretty significant damage. Oh. So I said, okay, you know what, put them both in, though. Because, again, who am I to decide the fate of yeah. this child? Yeah. I can't. That's not my place. Put them both in. Um, I get to the car. Oh, and this is the other thing they told me. Remember I was having healthy embryo? Yeah. The embryologist says, they're capitating marolas. So I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, they have a little more work to do. Okay. So I get to the car, and I say to my husband, um, just so you know, there's two now. He's like, what? And they aren't full blastocytes. Him, you know, I explained to him. He said, no, I would have done the same thing. Okay. He's like, don't feel bad. It's it's all good. It's Whatever's meant to happen will happen. He goes, can I please go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> so he goes in to go to the bathroom. What's the first thing I do? Research agitating morals. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I literally, my heart sank. Um, they, it's the stage right before a blastocyst, mm-hmm. 50% do not make it to blastocyst. Yeah, so did they did they relay any of this information beforehand that no. it would Okay. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. I'm just sitting on the table pantsless and they're like, by the way, you're we were putting in two and they're cavitating marolas. I was like, what the heck just happened? Okay. Wow, yeah. Big yeah. one eighty from one healthy you you might have a really good shot here to two I don't know if you're gonna have a shot anymore. Exactly. I'm going like this woman's like, she already had a set of twins from this, you know, this group of embryos. So I was like, wow, this is pretty good. Like, they're pretty solid. They're pretty healthy. They always said it's, it's, it's good to know that there was another set, you know, another child conceived from that group. Yeah. So I'm like, this is like, I'm set. And I leave home 
so excited, and in the parking lot, the ride home, I was devastated. Oh. I'm like, that's it. Like, I got two that are only a 50% chance of making it, and the one is damaged, so he basically gave it a 0% shot. I go to get my blood work. They have you do blood work nine days post-transfer, and mine came in at 264. Wow. So I was like, okay. My doubling times were 33 hours, which, again, great doubling time. That is really great. So I went at five weeks, two days. Um, I'm laying on the table. They're like, the doctor that did the scan, he goes, was I the one that uh, did your transfer? Like, very concerned. Okay. So I was like, no. He goes, oh, because there's two. <gasps> Um, so that little one that nobody believed in, Aww. shockingly, made it. Uh, we went back the next week, six days, uh, six weeks, two days. They heard two heartbeats, one Aww. 171, one 176. Oh, my gosh. Uh, measuring two days ahead, so both very healthy. When um. again, it's seven weeks, two days, um, heartbeats right in the 170s. Measuring right on target. I'm like, this is great. Drive home. Uh, this is an hour and 20 minutes. Drive home, come in, go to the bathroom, bleeding everywhere. Oh. And I'm like, but we just heard them. They were both okay. Oh. They were both measuring. They were both fine. Um, and now it's 5 o'clock at night. I can't drive back. I call my OB. I'm like, surprise, I'm pregnant, and I need to see you right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, she gets me in right away. Like, I was there five minutes. She stayed late, kept the office open. Oh, my gosh. Uh, she is, she's like, like... Yeah, she's really good. You too. know the Purple Heart Awards? We need, like, a little pink uterus <laughs> award. Like, a little pink <laughs> uterus pin. She was so sensitive. She's like, I know how bad you want this. Come right in. Oh. Uh, she checked my cervix. It was close. She checked the heartbeats. They were both beating. Okay. They were both measuring ahead. Um... She's, you know, they both, they were both measuring seven weeks, four days, Acts were perfect, crown rump, like, she goes, all I can tell you at this point is it's just threatened miscarriage. Oh, She's gosh. like, stay easy, pelvic rest, this, that, whatever, come back, oh. um, at ten weeks. Oh. So now I'm like, okay, go back, it's now ten weeks, two days, um, I get in there, and she's like, she's like, why are you so nervous? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just really nervous. Like, no. I feel something's wrong. Kidding. She scanned, and the one baby passed. Oh. Um, only four days before, it passed at nine weeks, five days. Oh. Um, I believe, and I could be completely wrong, but everything I read um, about damage to the trophoblast is the trophoblast becomes the placenta. I think what happened is the baby itself was fine, um, but when the, it was time for the placenta to take over, that, it just couldn't. That makes absolute perfect sense. I'm so sorry that happened. So, um, you know, at first my husband was like, oh, you know, do you, do you wish you didn't transfer? I said no, because, like, if you think about it, it it's... It's upsetting to me, and it's traumatic for me, mm. but to know that at least I gave that baby a safe, warm, loving, comforting yes, place. Yes, with a brother or a sister. Instead in of being medical trash. Yeah, it, I'm so sorry. It, it gives you some peace of mind. And I can only imagine all of the feelings that you would be feeling. Oh, well, it wasn't really mine. Oh, I have the healthy one. Oh, all of this stuff that, because I, I had it happen to me. It, well, my husband's words were, well, at least we have one. Uh, and I just wanted to slap him. 
I'm like, do you not realize though? Like we were supposed to have two, like that little one that nobody believed in. Like we gave it a chance. Like then of course I start feeling guilt mm. because when they first told me it was two, literally my, I, I jumped up off that table. Like don't wake daddy. And I was like, what? Oh. And, and I remember the doctor saying, don't worry. Most twin pregnancies don't stay twin pregnancies. What and is then I was what? like, oh my God. I'm sorry, but what? Where you're in? Do they like um have a different bedside manner there or what? They don't like to sugarcoat stuff. Not at all. Because how many doctors now are like just Debbie Downers here? Oh my goodness sakes! That's like. And so now all I could think is this baby didn't make it because maybe I didn't want it enough. No. You know, like from that initial reaction of we were told it was only going to be one. So now I jump up, I'm like, what to? I'm like, I things are going through my head swirling. Like, now I have to have a C-section. I don't want a C-section. How am I going to recover from a C-section? I, I know. How can mean. I nurse two babies? Where are we going to fit to? Our car's not big enough. Like, Those all are these all things. Normal. And then I felt guilt. Believe me, I went through the same thing, and it. I felt the same way. I was like, I, it's a shock. You, you don't know what to do. Yeah, and you just start thinking, and my husband's like, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. When the time comes, it'll get there. And I'm like selfishly all I could think was oh my god I don't want a c-section like, <laughs> no that's not selfish that's not selfish they are not fun <laughs> um they're the worst I'm used to like my longest labor was three and a half hours and that was a um an eight eight pound 21 inch posterior facing baby <laughs> well, well I don't blame you I I wouldn't want a C-section either. And in fact, I had one and didn't want one afterwards ever again. I didn't want one. It made it even much clearer that I never wanted another one. And I ended up, of course, having a double whammy. But And, and it was so funny because I, I, I guess I kind of felt it coming. I just kind of had an inkling inside. Hmm. So I, I didn't cry. I just came home. Hmm. I did everything like normal. I walked in the door. I helped with homework. I made dinner. I And, and I just kept saying, you... well, you know... Does anyone know at this time? Have you told everyone? Only my husband. Oh. And my husband, the maternal fetal medicine doctor, and the OB oh. are the only people that know I'm pregnant. Um, didn't say a word to anybody. So I just kind of held it in and did what I had to do to keep going. Oh. And then I remember I woke up at 2 in the morning with this wave of emotion. And I think I cried for four hours. Uh-huh. Um, because it just hit. Like, I was just trying to protect myself. I was trying to stay very hardened, you know, after after my daughter's issues, after the yeah. miscarriage, whatever, I, like, I just kind of stay very detached. Yeah. Um, and still, I mean, today I'm 12 weeks, four days. Um, the other one's still healthy. It was measuring a week ahead at our last appointment. Heart so have you shared this with sick. anybody at all? No, nobody knows. Nobody. Nope, just my husband, and that's it. Um, mm. I'm just too scared. Yeah. You know, I just feel like the... the I just feel like I've had no successes since my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, hers was a very, I remember my OB actually even saying, um, he's since retired, his daughter took over. But he said to me that he was so angry with the medical community and all the tests they gave me and all the fear they put in me because he feels that I wasn't able to enjoy my pregnancy. And he said that really bothered him. I wonder how many OBs actually really don't realize how many pregnant women are literally living in a traumatic state every moment, every day, and not enjoying the pregnancy. I really think he did, because I remember every time I would go for another test and it would come back with a flag or this or that, um, my last 
four weeks, my daughter was IUGR. Mm. Um, she was not gaining weight. She was not growing. And I remember That's him scary. walking in that room and he put that folder down. And he's like, I've had enough. Oh. He's like, just for once. He's like, can you catch a break? He's like, where they could just, could they just leave you alone? He's like, cause at the end of the day, he's like, had this been 50 years ago? He's like, yeah. You would know nothing was wrong. Yeah. You would give birth. They would put that baby in your arms. And he's like, and you could just enjoy it. Yeah. And he said, they true. have robbed you of your entire pregnancy. And he's like, I don't think that's right. Wow. Um, it, which is why I think his daughter is so sensitive to me because she was, they practiced together right. through my past daughter's issues. That um, is wonderful. And I, I just remember him saying that. He's like, I feel like they just robbed you. And I feel robbed. Yeah. You know, no, like you I, I have this baby inside me that's still healthy, that's still growing, that's still beating away. And I, I haven't even connected. I won't let myself. So did you have you know? an NIPT test done? The NIPT test was done. But because I had a vanished twin, they don't they're not sure how accurate it will be. Oh, that's right. If genetics can mess up the testing. Did they find anything? Was it lower? I mean... It's still not back yet. Okay. Last I checked, it was still being evaluated. Because I would um, think if there was nothing there and it was all low risk, I mean, it would still be nothing there, low risk, right? I mean... Right. Okay. But if there was that's something there, think. then you might not know if that was from the past twin. Exactly. Okay. That's what I would think. That's what I would think. But, but they were saying that it, the past twin, I forgot, they were, look, when I looked it up, they test like levels and then they compare the levels to your age. Mm. So oh, having mm. a donor can mess things up as it is anyway, because mm. the donor's going to be younger than I am. Okay. But now you add in a donor, so like there's certain tests they can't do mm. because these are donor embryos. So like a lot of the NIPT tests now will test other genetic things. Um, this, for me, it will only test the three trisomies. Mm. The other tests are invalid. So I can imagine you're you're nervous. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm like a ball of nerves. Like I said, I just. The whole thing, like, I, I've just been traumatized oh, so much. I'm so sorry. I had no idea that you had lost a twin. So, you know, and, and it's hard because, like, my husband and I were starting to come around and we're like, okay. Um, so we, all, all of my children have presidential names. We didn't know it. When we had the fourth one, a, a member of the family said, well, who's the next president? <laughs> and we're like, what? Um. So, of course, every child were like, well, it can't be the only one. You know, we had child number four. They can't be the only one without a presidential name. We went on to have child number five. We went on to have... So, this was our joke. So, we called these twins Calvin and Coolidge. Oh. Because um, we just thought it was fun. I guess I just felt uneasy, so I no longer would call their names. I just called them the tenants. Mm. And I was like, well, if the tenants decide not to evict themselves, like, it's it just, I don't know. I, I told you, I just got that weird feeling. Oh. So I wasn't surprised, you know, I, I still remember I, in the ultrasound, she said to me, you know, do you want to video it for your husband? And I looked at her, I said, no. And she kind of looked confused. I said, let's see how it goes first before I video it. Oh, and, and I remember her turning the screen away um, and her scanning. And when she was done scanning, she's like, I have good news and I have bad news. Oh, so like I knew immediately what it was. Oh my gosh. You know what though? It was, I guess what was more upsetting to me and what scares me more than anything else 
is with the last baby I lost, my doubling times weren't exactly where they wanted them to be. Okay. Then they were measuring a little bit behind. So like I had time to prepare. Yeah. I had time to say, gee, maybe this isn't right. Maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe I don't need to be so upset. Um, but with these guys, it was perfect. In fact, the twin I lost was the one that always had the slightly higher heartbeat. Oh. And they always measured the same. Nobody was ever, they were both always oh, exact. Man, that's just heartbreaking. I'm so sorry that that happened. So I think what's upsetting me more is if you I didn't... If one had been smaller, yeah. I could justify this one's healthy. This one's going to stick that's around. That's true, because when I first saw my ultrasound, one was a week behind, and I knew. I, I knew there was no way, you know, I was hoping, but I knew. Right. And you're right. That having a, a f 11, when did this happen? When did you find out that it had stopped? Um, I was 10 weeks, two days at the appointment. So that's but a... I had lost the baby at nine weeks, five days. Yeah. Um... So by nine weeks, you kind of feel like maybe you've cleared some obstacles. Yeah. Maybe you have your chance now. I've, I've heard three healthy heartbeats. Yeah, nine like weeks three is... separate times of healthy heartbeats, yeah. of them measuring exactly the same. I wasn't prepared to hear. And then it, so it starts making you think, well, maybe the same this, thing could happen yeah. with the other one. Of course. Of course it makes you feel that way. Now you're, how, you many, how many weeks now are you again? Now I am uh, 12 weeks and 40. So it's just been a couple weeks for you since. Yeah. Yeah. Now are you it's going back? Two weeks. Are you going back in any day now to check on the tw the the non-viable twin? That's what I started calling mine. I don't know if that's um, what you. I don't know what you want me to refer to. Sorry if I. Oh, it, it, they always called it a vanishing twin. <laughs> now, I mean, I don't know. I I actually call them my my sunrise and my sunset babies. Oh. Um. So yeah, I mean, but they uh, we the mm. day after. They got me in with a maternal fetal medicine who checked them. Um, you know, I asked the doctor flat out blank. I told him about the damage. I told him my theory because if he could then say to me, yes, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Part of me would be like, okay, perfect. Yeah. I can relax now. Right. Because, well, we knew one was damaged to the outer layer. We knew that, you know, that was the problem. So there's yeah. no reason the other one shouldn't be okay explained my theories, I told him whatever, and he looked at me and he said, he's like, you know what, I can't tell you that. Yeah. He's like, I, it, it's really anybody's guess, it really could have been either or. He's like, there's really no way to ever tell. Yeah. And that was not what I wanted to No, hear. that's not, don't you hate that? You're like, come on, I, I want to hear this, and you need to tell me this so I can feel better and go about my life, and you're not going to tell me that, I, so... Bone, at least like this yeah for me. just a and little one in my mind yeah so that when when do you go back I don't see my I guess I still have two more weeks okay because I was so going I go every back. two weeks to check on you know she had said they would need to keep monitoring yeah um but the maternal fetal doesn't want to see till 20 weeks okay well they're probably yeah I mean honestly there's not much that can be done there. So, I mean, if you don't want to, I don't see why you would, you would need to go in for me. I would want to be in like every week looking at it. Like, wait, tell me what's I going on. Go. Let me see all the pictures. <laughs> I want to go. Like, so, I, yeah. you know, it's funny. The, the woman that scanned me at the um, maternal field was so sweet because she was taking pictures of both. Um, and um. at the end, 
I only got pictures of one. So I kind of made mention and whatever. And she's like, oh, she's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, I I wasn't sure how you'd feel. I didn't want to upset you. She re-scanned me so I could get pictures of the other one. Oh, that is so sweet. And, no, and that that's important. Lot, that's know, important. That that's your picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, it's just now I just wait in limbo because my doctor, it'll be a month between appointments. I'm like, nope, getting a Doppler this time. I got one. Yeah. I have my uh, son and daughter-in-law are using my Doppler right now because we're having <laughs> a grandbaby in the family. I think that's so exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you, grandma's with newborns. I remember with my last daughter sneaking around the house with the pregnancy test trying to take it and my husband's like he's like okay I think the kids are okay that's can, so like, funny the test, whatever and I'm thinking to myself at this time you know I have a son that's 20 I'm like well thank god he's not the one who's sneaking around <laughs> it's so funny trying to have a baby when you're older we did the same it's like okay everyone's gone let's lock the front door so we'd have time and then we're gonna lock the bedroom door so we'd have double the time you know it's so funny hide the, the wrapping to the LH sticks and <laughs> They become so much harder oh, when, you're, when they're older because, they, again, like, they're you know, curious. my children are, I have one in, my, my one son's off on his own. He has a job. He, he works. He doesn't live with us anymore. Yeah. I have a son in college. I have a daughter that's a senior, a daughter that's a freshman. Wow. Like, they're aware of things. And, and here is the pandemic. And oh, we're yeah. Totally they're aware. And like, where's yeah. going? How many doctors does mom have to see? COVID disrupted your whole life. Oh. <laughs> Because mom doesn't leave the house. Mom is terrified of germs. So why is mom yeah. going somewhere again? Gosh. So mm. it's been, you know, it's been crazy. It's oh, been, wow. it, you know, and my husband's like, well, when are we going to tell people? Fortunately, I have a, a tilted uterus. So okay. I, the baby so- grows backward. It doesn't show for a while. I'm not comfortable telling people because honestly, I have to be honest, I haven't even accepted it myself. You know what? That's okay. It's just like, I like I said, it just doesn't feel real. And I let it feel real. And then I lost one. I know. So now I'm I so no longer sorry. let it feel. Well it, it's just a protective reflex. It is. You know, just, it is. And you're, you it's know, okay. But, Don't, I mean, I did it too. Believe me. I did it too. I, I wouldn't connect. I would not connect. And I felt bad about it. And and I do. Like you said, I feel bad. I feel bad because, again, I'm wasting time. Yeah. You know, I'm wasting time yeah. being happy. I'm wasting time enjoying it. I'm oh, wasting it's... time, you know, and, and I feel bad. You would think that maybe it'd be harder to connect because it's not genetically mine. But I honestly, I don't even think about that. Okay. Like I said, I just wish that doctor would have said, yep, you're right. It must have been damaged to the placenta because then I might be able to relax a little. Well, but now all I could think is they've had the exact same heart rates. They've had the exact same measurements. But they're not the same. They're not the same. I'm like, how, how? You know, how can I guarantee? And then, you know, his next phrase when he was, this I found funny too, he's scanning me and he's, they're measuring, I was um, 10 weeks, four days at that point. The baby's measuring clear on 11 weeks, four days. Hmm. Like, she keeps measuring it. She keeps measuring it. She keeps measuring it. She's like, when was your transfer day? How many, you know, then she's like, well, you know, what stage was it? I'm like, I can't tell you anything. They told me no days. They didn't tell me. And he, all they told me yeah, was that's, cavitating marola. <laughs> that's hard. Be- so I don't know if it's a three-day, a five-day, a six-day. Yeah. I have no clue. But but I just remember the doctor going, are you sure you know when you were transferred? Wow. I'm thinking, okay, you clearly don't work with women that have been trying for years to have <laughs> their kids. Because I know the day, the time, the hour, yeah. the minute. 
And when they don't change the due date, too, it's 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 infuriating when you know you're like, no, I know I'm three days more than that. Okay. And like, you want to see my record? Because I have I have a binder right now, <laughs> yeah. like a so binder do I. full of numbers, records, amounts, days, counts. That's like, so funny. I, I could like, it, and it's a thick binder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm it's your uterus's rap sheet. But he, he his words were. And his exact words, which I kind of found funny from this, like, highly esteemed, you know, maternal fetal medicine, his words were, this baby's going all the way. Ah. You're going to have to go through this horrible little bit of time, and I think it's just going to get better. I'm hoping. I mean, my my Doppler helps, you know, yes. every little bit helps. And, it does help. And I keep reminding myself, like, you know, again, this is not a 45-year-old no. egg. No. You know, it was a woman that, that had a set of twins from this grouping yep i mean they knew at least to tell you that much that one had been damaged try to remember that anyway yeah it's you know but again like i i think too it's nice to know that there's other options out there you know like in the beginning everything felt so untouchable for me um because again we you know the money it's just financially so exhausting and my husband wasn't willing to do as much as some other people so fortunately i had the coverage but you know like Again, these donor embryo at the end of the day, when all is said and done, if this you know works out and everything, it, it cost me like three thousand one hundred dollars. That's that amazing. It. That's something that I think a lot of people are going to be surprised to hear that there are clinics around that can get it done for that much. And and I had called another one that would do. It, again, it was South Jersey. Um, I had called them, I think it was like Cooper Reproductive something. I don't, they never emailed me back, but they will do a donor embryo cycle, including the transfer. I think it was 4,000. Wow. So they know that people are after eggs and sperm first because they would like to at least use one of their biological, you know, components. And then, so yeah, they skyrocket the price of a, you know. Difference. Like I was quoted $28,000 just for eggs. Oh my And now you're going to have to pay for the fertilization. And eggs are in abundance. You know, and you still have to pay for the transfer and you still have to pay for this, that, whatever. And here it was, you know. Yeah. And and when I told my husband, I'm like, you know, I know we were only planning on doing like the IVF because it's covered by insurance, this, that, but it's $3,000. Like we could do three cycles of IVF and it would have cost us three thousand dollars because we had to pay for the freezing yeah i'm like this is more of a guarantee and i remember talking to my doctor my re from my original clinic and i said to her you know i found a place that has um that you know has donor embryo available right now but i'm not quite sure what and she goes stop right here she's like we are ending this conversation she's like you are getting on the phone right now and you are calling them She's like, because that's going to be your best chance. Those are going to be your highest odds. She's like, your goal is a take-home baby, and that's what's going to get you your take-home baby. She's like, so yeah. hang up with me right now and go to the other clinic and never let anybody know I told you to do that. Oh, that's great. Can we expect to have you back maybe after 20 weeks? Of course. That would be I'm wonderful. Old, so I'm sure the reactions I can share with you. Because yes. not only are you over 40, but I already have six other children. So <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm going to get quite the glare. Yes. My husband doesn't even want to tell people that it's a donor embryo. Not because he's, he, we don't care again about the genetics. Yeah. But he's like, I don't want people to know we actually tried. He's like, I'd rather them think it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we'll find out when we talk to you next what you guys yeah, decide to do. It's something we have to discuss ourselves. Yeah, I'm, I'm a yeah. little bit more of an open person. He's yeah. a little bit more um, 
you know, guarded. Well, thank you for being so open today. No, I thank you for having me. I, I really do appreciate it. I, I just, you know, again, I just want to throw out there, there's hope. Yes. You know, there's hope if you get a bad diagnosis. There's hope if, you know, if things aren't working, like, you know, just, you know, it, it's a journey and yeah. you think it's going to go one way, but yeah. be prepared for detours because eventually you might have had to go this way in order to get to your final destination yeah and it might not be what you planned but it, it's what's meant to happen and it's still beautiful <laughs> yeah no yeah. matter how it happens it's life and life is just beautiful yes you know i don't think there's a set plan on how it has to Happen. come into the world or how it needs to get here it, it's yeah no matter what it is it's made with love yeah thank you so much for joining us on no trigger warnings podcast i'm your host bk Make sure you check out NoTriggerWarnings.com, where I post a weekly blog called my Wednesday Write-Up, exclusively for women trying to conceive with advanced maternal age. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next Saturday.